hey, I'm offering a course. It's called Take Back Your Time. If you're feeling overwhelmed with your schedule, like you're a victim to everybody else's demands and your own goals and dreams get pushed aside, this course is for you. It's a five-week course with a bonus sixth week. The modules are short. You can do them on your own time. There are worksheets and you'll get one call with yours truly. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to take back your time, live a life less stressful, more organized, and more aligned with your goals. Sign up now to lose the overwhelm and take control of your busy schedule. Make your tomorrows less stressful and less chaotic. Start prioritizing and achieving your goals without guilt. The course starts October 6th, but don't worry if that feels time crunched. It's just when the first material is released and you can do it all on your own time. I'd love to see you there. You're listening to A Little Bit Better, a podcast where we talk about how breaking goals into small steps can lead to big results. Here we'll examine the cause and effects of our thoughts, our actions, and inactions, and how they influence how we live our lives. I'm your host, Chris Swale, a life and health coach. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to A Little Bit Better, the podcast. I'm your confidence coach and host, Chris Swale, on the hunt for happiness. Sometimes we're on top of the world and the next moment we can't remember when we even last laughed. Have you ever experienced that? Why can't we just be happy? Speaking of happy though, I went on iTunes to make sure my last episode had loaded and found a bunch of beautiful listener reviews. It was so amazing. Emmy4444 wrote, I'm so excited to find this podcast. It really explains what's going on in my brain that prevents me from taking the next steps to accomplish the goals I've always had. Loving this so far, Chris. Aw, thanks so much, Emmy4444. I'm so pleased you love my podcast. That truly makes me happy. How fitting to find that as we dive into today's exploration about the happiness hoax. The happiness hoax is that Somehow, somewhere along the way, we humans decided that life is supposed to be happy all or most of the time. And if it's not, then we are failing or something is wrong with us. And so we race off in this continuous pursuit of happiness and panic if we aren't happy enough or if we see other people who are looking so freaking happy and we feel that we aren't. Happiness is good. It feels good. It's really not a bad goal at all. In fact, it's how I got into life coaching and it's still one of my goals. It's something I keep front and center and something that I am continuously checking in with. But when we keep chasing happiness, just looking for more, 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 we might just become more miserable. What? I know, right? I always drop these crazy bombs, but just hear me out. When you put an arbitrary amount of happiness that you must have, that you're seeking, a number that you can't even truly identify measured in some other arbitrary way, you are destined to feel like you're failing. But guess what? You are not going to be happy all the time. Probably not even most of the time. Maybe, maybe half the time. But you're going to have periods of stress, of anger, of sadness. You may have a persistent, challenging person or situation in your life, or many of those. You might not love your job, or you might love your job and then one day wake up and realize you don't. Or 
maybe you are simply feeling a little neither here nor there. Not bad, but not exactly pumped either. The bad, the ugly stuff, the neutral, all that, and all the good stuff, happiness included, is what life is made up of. It's the places we exist in. Do you know the game Trivia Pursuit? And it has those little pies that you have to fill with different colored triangles. Life is like that. Happiness is just one of those triangles that fits into one part of your whole pie. Life is a range of emotions and we have to, no, we get to experience them all. Happiness is a beautiful feeling. Who wouldn't want to feel that way all the time? But if we did, would we? Would happiness still feel as good? I don't think so. I don't believe that we are supposed to be happy all the time. It's just truly not possible in part because we get to know love. Yes, love. Love is the most amazing and horribly painful thing there is. Do you see my point? Love is all the things. It's bursting joy. It's pride. It's fear. It's vulnerability. It's infinite sorrow. It's elation. Whatever else. It's all the things. We love, so therefore we can't feel happiness all the time. We love people and feel happiness in that love, but sometimes those people hurt us by their actions. Sometimes they choose to leave us or get hurt or sick or they die. That's part of the package and those aren't necessarily happy things. But if we said, okay, I'll shut myself away from all the people in the world. I'll have no contacts, no love, so I don't have to go through any of that. Well, you're not going to be happy there either, are you? You'll be lonely, alone, sad, scared. Definitely not happy. See? You just gotta embrace it all. So to truly know and feel happiness, we also must know the opposing feelings. Pain and sorrow, anger, frustration. Humans are fragile and resilient. We are walking contradictions. It's part of the beauty of being human. We grow through pain and through love. We need all the emotional experiences if we truly wish to grow. There's so much coming of age, coming into ourselves from going through good times and bad. Yet, we have so many expectations on us from our own selves, from others, through work, through school, society. Being happy is high on that list. It is, it is high on mine. But when you're seeking out happiness and coming from a place of perceived lack, it's going to feel almost desperate and more out of reach. When you feel like you're in this state is when it's time to stop and take stock of what's going on in your life and in your brain. Sometimes it's a matter of simply identifying the spots in your life that you don't like and making a plan to change that. Name the new reality you want and break it down into the steps you need to take to get there. Sometimes you just need to reset yourself. Sometimes we get into a muddled state in our brains and simply inserting healthy physical habits like drinking more water, making sure we're getting a good night's sleep, and mental practices into our lives and daily routines is all it's going to take. Take a look at your life and see, are you eating well? Are you moving your body regularly? Are you getting social time and alone time? Add in things like gratitude or meditation. You can do one minute meditations and they're very, very powerful. It doesn't need to be a 20 minute or, you know, 30 or even an hour part of your day. You can literally take one to three minutes and just have that time to clear your brain. It can be very powerful. And sometimes you might need help from a professional, or it could even be a combination of those things. 
At the end of the day, you are the one responsible for your happiness. And if you are waiting for someone else or something to change it for you, you might be waiting a long time. All of this means that you can get out of the woe is me, that you can feel really empowered and in control of your life. It's more work to own it and to do whatever mind work you need to do to decide what things you are happy about and what things you aren't and if you're okay being happy about things and or not, but it's so empowering. This leads me into a really important area around happiness. Are you ready? Other people are not responsible for your happiness. One more time. Other people are not responsible for your happiness. The way you process things other people say and do determine if you feel happy or not by them. The way you process the experiences. Yikes. People don't like that concept. A lot of resistance comes up when I speak about this with my clients and even when I'm working within myself, if I get mad or hurt or disappointed by someone. We much prefer to put our happiness and the responsibility for it on other people, especially our partners. It's probably the most common thing that comes out from my clients. Well, my partner needs to do this and my partner is making me miserable because of this and, you know, on and on and on. But no, it's so easy to look at your partner and blame them for not making you happy and truly expect that they should. But by that token, it would mean that you too are responsible for their happiness. And that is also not so. We don't tend to spend our lives with just one person. We never really have in all of human history. And there's a reason for that. Well, there's probably several reasons for that. One is human survival depended on each other initially. But we're also a very social species. That's why we have girlfriends and boyfriends and even work acquaintances, you know, that you might not call them up the moment something horrible happens. They might be the person you just need to go and unwind with after work because you have shared experiences throughout your work day. Your partner just might not be the right person to be able to advise you on business issues, especially if you're in different fields or your fashion dilemmas. If your partner doesn't like reading and you do, they don't need to be a reader. Join a book club like I did. We can't change people. And When we realize that we have all these other people around us to fill all our other needs, we can take that pressure off them. We don't need to change anybody. We can just find what we need, the connections we need in many different areas through many different people. And guess what? You get to release that from yourself. You don't have to be all things to everyone in your life. So reach into your pool of other people. They can fill all the little spaces that we need to make ourselves happy and supported. When you rely on someone else or everyone else to make you happy, you are giving away all of your power. You are allowing yourself to fall into victim mentality. You are hiding from taking ownership of your life, your actions, and your thoughts. Relationships are a lot of work. That's okay. Everyone is on their own course and taking their own journey, including those closest to us, those that we most love. You can want to make others happy, but you can't actually decide if they are or they will be. Your actions or their actions are just actions. And only when you or they associate a story or a meaning to them do you create the feelings to go along with the actions. People interpret things very differently. Have you ever gone out of your way to do something for someone 
it may have taken a ton of effort and time or even money, and you were so excited to do this for them. But when the moment arrived for them to receive your effort, they didn't really react in a way that you expected. They didn't seem as appreciative and happy and grateful for all you did. And then you get a bit upset about it. They may have been thrilled, but just didn't express it in a way that resonated with you. Or they may have appreciated it moderately, or sometimes the ultimate backfire where you do something for someone and they really are not happy about it. This happens because our happiness measures are moving and different. And we also aren't in other people's brains and we don't know the meaning that everyone else associates to everything. Now, I'm not saying don't go out of your way to do something kind for others, but when you choose to do those things, make sure you are choosing to do them because you want to do them and not simply for the reaction or expectations of another. Don't expect anything from them for your kindness, especially reactions. And that can be hard to do. And then on the other side, don't expect anyone else to fill your happiness needs because unless they share your brain, and I'm guessing they don't, no one can ever know exactly what you need and expect. And like I said before, it's up to you. Your choices, your stories, your thoughts. In all your relationships, be it with your partner, with your children, with your parents, with your coworkers, friends, anyone, certainly make it clear how you feel about things, behaviors that they do or don't do. Communication is really important. But they may not act the way that you want them to. And that's okay because that is their choice. And you can't control that. You can't control people or circumstances in the world. You control how much you communicate with them, what you communicate, and then you get to pick how you feel with any resulting behavior. A lot of relationships break down because of this pressure and expectation that the other person is responsible for your happiness. Yes, You definitely want to be compatible. You want to respect each other and find mutual loves and things that you like to do together that will make you happy. But putting it all on the other person is a recipe for disaster. And it's just really not fair for either of you. Your life partner isn't supposed to be all the things for you. But somehow in our heads, we think they are. And we can be really hard on them and hard on ourselves when that's not the case. That's so much pressure. Expecting them to be your confidant, your lover, the person who shares your love of fantasy novels or even just reading books at all, who shares your exact same sporting likes, foods, opinions on everything, and on and on and on. That's a hell of a lot of dots that need to line up perfectly with another human being. My husband Jeff and I, and most partnerships I see, have several of those interests in alignment. It's, I mean, probably why you gravitate towards each other in the first place. But we also have differences. So while Jeff and I are both avid readers with some crossover on genre, we definitely also read completely different genres. I also love dissecting books afterwards, but he just doesn't really care to to discuss. So I am in a book club and it fills my bucket. It makes me happy and I don't need nor expect Jeff to go into deep discussions about books we read. We also both love road biking. But I also love bar and hate yoga, and he loves yoga and personal training. So we do those different things with different people. 
And yes, I know, I know, I know. Everyone gives me grief over not liking yoga. I have tried it so many times. It's just not my thing. What happens when you look at your life and it doesn't feel happy enough? All of a sudden, you might feel unaccomplished and defeated. But what is happy enough? And what if you removed the word enough and asked, what is happy? That's really the key. What is your happy? Identify those things and work on ways to incorporate them into your life. Again, this comes down to awareness of self. Have you examined your happiness ceiling? Are you never happy? Do you feel happiness when you get what you thought would make you happy? And if not, why? Happiness check-ins are really valuable tools. They help you see if you are on track towards reaching your goals and if your daily actions are aligned with those goals. They can help you step back and determine and revisit your whys. Why are you doing what you are doing? Finding your why can put things into perspective and help you determine what might be holding you back. This is why goal setting is so hot right now. When you don't know your goals or purposes, you kind of just bob down the stream, moving along with the current, getting snagged on fallen logs or rocks. It can lead to a sense of dissatisfaction and unhappiness. You're doing the motions, but you're unfocused. Having clarity on what's important to you and why leads to a sense of purpose and fulfillment, which translates into happiness. One of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, says that life is 50-50. I like that concept. It allows us to let go of the enough part that often never feels like enough. The 50-50 concept also reminds us that there is a balance, that there are so many other things and factors and emotions that play into life and our experiences. Life is all the things. It's up and down. Sometimes it just moseys along, or so I hear anyways. I don't know if there is an exact equation or even if that matters. What matters is that you release the expectations of happiness, not your pursuit of it, but the parameters of your pursuit. Accept that you're going to go through tough times. You might as well accept it, darling, because I'm sorry if this shocks you, but you are going to have rough patches in life. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that by my eldest kid. He's my biggest fan for this podcast. He loves looking up different cities where people are listening from. Hello, Black Boy Bridge, Limerick, Ashburn, Virginia, and Walnut Grove, British Columbia. He says, Mom, you should try to make your podcast more fun. He probably doesn't mean by me laughing at you as I tell you, you aren't going to be happy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But the flip side is that I also get to tell you that because you have rough patches and hard things to process, you can also feel so much happiness. You can feel immense joy when you allow it the freedom to just be. No expectations about that happiness and joy. Don't guard against its departure. It may not stay. It may fade and leave you. So just enjoy it in the moment. Let it go and don't worry about when it's coming back. It will come again. Trust that because you are aware and open that life is an equation. Here's my inventive math. Happy, bracket, other good emotions, close bracket, divided by bad emotions plus bad experiences equals life. So now that I've laid my case for life not being happy all the time, or only part of the time, let's move back to ways to help it be happier. It's easy to look at things in the negative and reflect back and just see our struggles and decide that the things we did were 
in our eyes anyways, not successes or really, really hard. And that can give us a sense of unhappiness. But what if you looked at those experiences through a different lens and saw the things that you did, the problems you solved and the challenges you got through as successes, even if they didn't look pretty? When you do that check-in, you can really be surprised to see how much joy you do have in your life and how much you have accomplished. So here's my challenge for you today. Get your paper. Now look back at the past year and write down all your wins. I know the year isn't over. It doesn't matter. You can do this at any time and consider any amount of time that you wish. Don't worry about relating them to any specific goals you have. Just write down all your wins, big and small, in all areas of your life. This will illustrate two things for you. First, it will show you the good things in your life despite a possibly stormy outlook. Here's mine. In the past nine months, my dad died and the world went into a pandemic, which has been very traumatic and stressful. It's easy to look back and say, what a year. We see that first. But if I look at my wins within that exact same time frame, I can see that I also obtained my official certification as a health coach and became a life coach and started networking. So I've made connections with incredible people. I launched this podcast and I'm about to launch my first course. And although I also felt heavy, heavy sadness and so much stress, I also feel more confident than I ever have in my adult life. I can do hard things. I know who I am. I don't have the time or capacity to cater to other people's urgencies that don't align with those of me and my family. And it's easier for me to recognize that and not get caught up in that whirlwind. The second thing that becomes very clear when you do this exercise is it will show you what you have been doing. Now you can consider any goals you may have and see if any of your wins are aligned or moving you towards your goals. If they are, amazing. If they aren't, this could be a source of your unhappiness. On some level, you are or have been aware that you aren't making headway on your goals and that can make you feel unhappy. Now you can reprioritize the things that will take you towards your goals because you're having this moment to stop and reflect. That simple, simple exercise helps you train your brain to look for the good, and then you can decide where things need to change. It's another way and another piece that shows you that you are in control of how you feel about things and what you do about things. Life isn't happy all the time. It never can be. This is not pessimistic. It's not negative. It's truth and acceptance. And having that acceptance, releasing the pressure and unspoken expectations you put on others, the world, yourself, and life in general, will allow you to really live and feel all the things, including happiness. Life is hard. Sometimes you're going to want and need to cry or scream or punch and break things. Don't be fooled by the happiness hoax. You are not supposed to be happy all the time and that is a-okay. So my friend, take a pause today or tomorrow or even this weekend and do an internal inventory of your happiness factors. If you need help, I'm here. Now listen all the way to the end of this so you hear my outro music and just try not to wiggle when you hear those happy beats. I pick them because they make me happy. You get to drive your happiness train, so go out there, feel all the things, and enjoy your happy. Go get it. 
Thanks for listening to A Little Bit Better. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find this podcast. Subscribe to A Little Bit Better so you never miss an episode. Share it with friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at This Is A Little Bit Better or find me online at a littlebitbetter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like information about coaching with me, please reach out. I am Chris Swale. I'm excited to connect again soon. So until next time, have fun being a little bit better.